0: Welcome back to another episode of Walking with the Master. My prayer, as always, is that as you listen, you will be encouraged and challenged in your walk with the Master. This week's episode is entitled, A Journey with the Magi. From the days of the Garden of Eden, our God has been at work to redeem a lost world back to himself. His plan was already in motion. The plan was to send his son to pay our debt. The plan was to then send out the followers of his son to every corner of the globe to be witnesses of the good news. He set in motion a mission to make a global impact that continues to this day. In doing so, he desires to work through men and women, magi, wise men and women, Who desire to be used to make a global impact. If we are to be those modern-day magi who journey on mission with the master, we would do well to learn from our first century forerunners. Matthew in the second chapter of his gospel records an account of their mission. First, they had a desire to seek him God had given the Magi that desire long before the star appeared. Many saw the star, but scripture records only the Magi following the star. God, having placed that desire in their hearts, was able to call them from right where they were. You see, if you are looking for his star, you will see it, no matter where you are. The Magi were doing what Magi do. They were in their homes, in their own countries, watching and studying the stars. God called them in the midst of their day-to-day routines. They were magi when he called them and they were magi when they went. Don't miss this. God's call to them to step out on the journey didn't require them to change their profession, only their purpose. God's call is never to a place and never to a position. God's call is always to move from where we are unto himself. But in order for them to heed God's call, they first had to hear God's call. And in order for them to hear God's call, they had to be alert for his call. God chose few people to encounter Jesus when he was born, revealing his Son only to those whose hearts were faithful and pure. As I've already said, the star was there for everyone to see, but only the Magi saw it because they were watching. And the God who led them to go led them all the way. He did not lead them to set out on the journey and then leave them to figure out the way. He journeyed with them all the way. Just as he led his people to the promised land by means of a pillar of fire, He led the Magi to his promised seed by means of a brilliant star. And he will lead us all the way in our journey with him as well. How did God call them? Through the stars. The Father used a brilliant light burning in the darkness to announce the birth of the light to a very dark world. These men were astronomers and astrologers. God spoke to them in a language they would understand. There wasn't any question for them as to what the star meant. Or if there was, they quickly researched and studied the prophecies to remedy their concern. And when he spoke, they knew that they must respond. As Dr. Henry Blackaby writes, you can't stay where you are and go with God. It will require an adjustment. These men were not embarking on a short trip. It was a lengthy journey. They did not start out together. They set out from different countries. Matthew Henry wrote, Those who truly desire to know Christ and find him will not regard pains or perils in seeking after him. But those who don't have that desire can be right in the midst of his activity and miss it. Look at the religious leaders of the day. They knew the prophecies, but they were not looking. The Magi sought the king. Herod rejected the king. and perhaps the greater tragedy, the Jewish priests ignored the king. They were five miles from the very Son of God, yet they did not go to see him. I am encouraged that despite the apathy, pride, and resentment the Magi encountered, they were not discouraged, distracted, or detracted from their mission. Scripture never tells us that there were three Magi. Scripture records that when their caravan arrived in Jerusalem, there were enough of them to disturb the entire city. I am convinced that if the church of Jesus Christ will make the adjustment he has called us to make and journey with him, the kingdoms of this earth will be disturbed and the good news of the kingdom of heaven will be seen and heard. But not only did they have a desire to seek him, secondly, they had a heart to worship him. When they encountered the living Lord Jesus, they fell to the ground. They did not solely honor him as the king of kings. They worshiped him as the son of God. Having then presented themselves to him, they next presented their gifts. They knew, as we should, that our gifts will never be acceptable to God until first we have presented ourselves to him as living sacrifices. But also conversely, If we truly surrender ourselves to him, we will never be unwilling to part with the things of this world, those things that we value and hold dear, bringing them to him and for him. Worship begins as we present ourselves and continues as we present all that we possess. That with which God has given us favor is that with which we must honor him. The magi presented gold symbolizing his royalty, frankincense symbolizing his deity, and myrrh symbolizing his humanity. Their gifts acknowledged to whom they were giving. I wonder if our bank accounts would reflect that we as modern-day magi have or have not lost sight of to whom we are giving. Are we giving him our best that is commensurate with his royalty as the king of kings, His deity is the son of God, and his humanity is the son of man? Or are we simply giving him the leftovers? These magi gave of their best, because they gave out of a heart to worship him. Thirdly, their journey led to a greater intimacy with him. On more than one occasion, I have pondered what it must have been like at that moment in that place Imagine the intimacy of that moment, the Lord Jesus, Mary, the Magi, the Holy Hush, a scene that you'd like to observe, but you fear that even your presence would be an intrusion on the intimacy and the tenderness of the moment. As I have traveled overseas on mission, I have often endeavored to capture images on video to share with our church family back home. On many occasions, I have found myself in the midst of a moment, one of those times when God's Spirit is conspicuously at work in the hearts of people. But in those moments, as much as I would like to capture them on video, I hesitate for fear that I will disturb the intimacy and the tenderness that is being expressed. That is but a hint of what I think it must have been like that day. Though scripture does not record the events of their lives after their journey, I am convinced that the effect of the intimacy of that moment with Jesus transformed them for eternity. In the same way, I believe that as we experience a greater intimacy with the Master, we too will never be the same. God used this entourage in their journey to announce the birth of his son to a world that was not looking for him and had not otherwise seen him. If we will be faithful to be modern-day magi, responding to his call with hearts that desire to seek him and worship him, God will use us to accomplish his mission, to make a global impact, to carry the good news to a world that may not otherwise see him. And in the process, he will draw us to a greater level of intimacy with himself that we might know him more and know him more intimately. May it be said of us that we were modern day magi, walking on mission with the master to make a global impact for his glory. This post is adapted from Walking with the Master, the fourth book in my Lessons Learned in the Wilderness series. That book, together with several of my other books, are a timely read this Christmas season as you remember the advent of our Savior. Information about those books, and all of my books, is available at KenWinter.org. For those of you here in the U.S., Happy Thanksgiving. And to all of you, have a great week as you walk with the Master.